Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. And I would love to talk to you. Um, real quick, there's an article, and I just reposted it over on the uh, the Facebook fan page and on some of the other sites and stuff. Um, it, it is by a guy named Frank Schwab. Frank Schwab is the NFL and betting writer for Yahoo Sports. And he said, uh, when the Packers took Jordan Love in the first round of 2020, it was instantly a bad pick. Most people seem to know that at the time that it happened, it was a bad pick. Packers should have been building around Aaron Rodgers, not taking a mistake-prone prospect from Utah, Utah State, who was going to then sit for a while. They passed on some good receivers to take Jordan Love. They were apparently too caught up in the history, trying to replicate the success of Rodgers when they uh, took their next star at quarterback late in the first round, despite having Brett Favre at the time. Uh, The lone caveat to the short-sighted Love pick was that if the Packers found their next high-level quarterback, it would eventually be worth the trouble. Here's the problem. Love got his shot, and he might be the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League this season. He's certainly not on a short list, but he might be the worst in the National Football League. Packers were awful on offense again on Sunday, 24-10 loss to the Minnesota Vikings, and another bad game from Love that gets us closer to the conclusion that the Packers' unbelievable run of quarterback play over the last three decades has fully and finally ended. Playing at home against a middling Vikings team, the Packers didn't get a first down until just after four minutes to go in the second quarter. Green Bay was stuck on minus five net yards passing deep into the first half. The Packers didn't score a touchdown in the first half again. It's the fifth straight game without a first-half touchdown, and Fox said that the Packers' longest such streak since 1988, four years before Favre arrived. In the second half, the Vikings scored a, and took a 17-3 lead, blah, blah, blah. Love, again, throws a bad interception on a deep ball. Uh, that, was a, that was a terrible pass. Love has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the National Football League on deep passes this season. And the Vikings immediately cashed in, uh, going for the kill shot just after. In the fourth quarter, the Packers had some signs of life, but again, they failed twice inside the red zone. A bad drop did not help Jordan Love, admittedly, Uh, The first time the Packers turned it over on downs. Uh, The defense then got the ball back on a turnover, but the Packers had a run that got nothing. Love took a sack, and then he threw an incomplete uh, pass to to, uh, tight coverage on a third down, and his fourth down scramble came up a yard short. Love isn't a rookie. He sat and watched for three years, and while that's a horrible allocation for resources for a Super Bowl contender, he was supposed to emerge as somewhat a polished product. He's not. He had to be, after the Packers invested all that time in on him, a polished product. Instead, the Packers developed love for three years just to come out of it with an inept offense. It's not like the Packers have another realistic option this season. Their backup is a fifth-round rookie, Sean Clifford. They might just as well let love have the entire season unless the play gets so bad that they just simply can't watch it anymore. Here's what the Packers got out of that love pick. Unless there's a big turnaround, No more Super Bowl appearances for Rodgers. The Packers fell short twice as a number one seed in the NFC after picking Love. And maybe an impact first-round player instead of a backup quarterback should have pushed him over the finish line. They got a little bit of benefit. They got little benefit from having Love in his rookie deal. Green Bay has to get creative with Love's contract because of the timeline 
of him starting was 2023 at best. The Packers should have seen that coming. He got an extension worth $13.5 million guaranteed, and the Packers then traded Rodgers in part to see what they had in love this season, which was another consequence of a bad draft pick. And it's looking like they didn't get a viable quarterback either. They got a week one win in Chicago and some good reps in the preseason, and that's about it. Now the Packers are back to square one. It's been a long time since the Packers had zero answers at quarterback, and it's a bad place to be in the NFL. Maybe love will come alive in the second half of the season and be that with some answers, but that seems dubious right now. They'll probably need to use a first-round draft pick again on another quarterback, and if they do at least this time around, maybe it'll make some sense. Here are the rest of the winners and losers from week eight, blah, 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 and it goes on from there and talks about some of the teams that are starting to play well and some of the teams that are awful. But, again, going back to what Ryan Wood said, is Jordan Love bad? No. Is he good? No. Are there problems at the wide receiver position where guys just don't have the gumption, the fight? The w- it's it, it's kind of like playing special teams, my friends. It's either you have it or you don't. You either gonna, you're either just a crazed man going out to make a splash and going out to knock somebody's head off and going out to yank down a ball that is your ball thrown in your direction at your time, or you're not. And you either have it in you or you don't. I don't know if you can just have the innate ability to someday wake up and go, oh, I'm not letting anybody catch this damn ball. It's all mine. I I just don't know that. You are what you are at this point. So, again, I go back to all this talk and all this time about all the intangibles of speed and, oh, he's got great arms, he's got great hands, he's got this and that. Sometimes I I go – there was a a time and a point in time when I first came to town in 99 and Ron Wolf came up into the postgame show with myself and Brian Noble. And Ron Wolf was talking about the combine. And Brian looked at him and said, you know, all of that is great, Ron, but what do you value the most? And Ron's, and Ron, who had a run of bad first-round picks, let's be honest. But Ron and Brian sat there for 10 minutes talking about, I'd rather have a football player. I'd rather have a guy that's a second slow but is willing to knock your head off versus a guy who's really fast with long arms and big hands but just doesn't have the heart, doesn't have the game, doesn't have the wherewithal. It doesn't have the desire to be great. You know, he has the desire to get a paycheck for his next contract, but he doesn't have the desire to be great. And I don't know if this team has it. I don't know if guys on this team are beat down and they need something else. I don't know if this is a team of athletes that aren't football players. I don't know. But what I do know is – for all the angst and everything that was caused and all the opportunities at hand, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It was the wrong pick at the wrong time, and we're watching a lot of the proof come to fruition right now. When there were other guys and other people to be had throughout drafts and such, and sometimes, sometimes you have to say, yeah, the coach has been given a certain team and a certain amount of players and a certain group of guys, and you got to go make the best of it. And you can blame it on coaching. You can blame it on attitude. You can blame it on missteps. You can blame it on penalties. You can blame it on injuries. All that stuff. But sometimes the accumulation of what you thought was a really talented team really turns out to be just an average bunch of heartless dudes. That is when you start to look upstairs and say, you know what? This isn't working. Now, are we at that point? No, we're not. So don't say I'm looking for anybody's head. But what I'm saying is, is you can throw, I've said it before, you can throw a dart at a dartboard and find problems with this team. It's not all Jordan Love. But the guy that gets all the credit is the quarterback. Therefore, a lot of the times, the guy that's going to get a lot of the heat is the quarterback as well. 
But the guys around him, if they don't read stuff like this, if I'm sitting in there and I'm Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson or Jaden Reed or Tucker Craft or Luke Musgrave or Samari Torrey or any of these guys, and they're looking at this guy going, he's the problem, knowing in your heart of hearts you don't have the balls or the wherewithal to turn around and actually go after a ball and knock it down and try to pull it away from a defender or to go make a play yourself, shame on you. And that's where you're at with this team. That's where you're at with this team. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to do so. I know we got people on hold. I, I want to get back to that. But I, it was a great article, and it points the finger in so many different directions, but ultimately Jordan loves the guy that everybody's looking at and saying, hey, that's your number one pick. That's the guy that started all the crap inside the Packers organization. Not necessarily love himself, but that pick and the way they went about it. That's what started all the anxiety, and this is the legacy, and it's not working. It looks as bad as it's ever looked since 1988. It hasn't sucked as bad as it sucks now. Let's go to Rick listening to us in Cedarburg. Rick, how you doing today, bud? What's going on, man? Hey, Rick. I, uh, this is, yeah, Rick, Bill. Uh, Bill, I, I can't help but think that we are stuck with a, with a loser at the coaching uh, headquarters there. And, and I just – his play calling is just so lame and so ineffective. And I think specifically yesterday, fourth quarter, about eight minutes to go, fourth and five in the red zone. And he mm-hmm. goes for it without trying to kick a field goal. Plenty of time to get the ball again, and we did. Can you help me understand what goes through LaFleur's head, something that seems so brain-dead? I, at times, I think it's kind of like when Keyshawn Nixon pulls one out of the end zone eight yards deep. I think sometimes you're looking for somebody to make a play that you can hang your hat on. You're trying yeah, to but turn fourth things and five. Around. I know. I agree with you. I get it. I, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying you're, you're wrong. I'm, what I'm saying is when you ask me what he's thinking, I'm, I'm telling you that's what he's probably thinking, that they need something to ignite this team, and they're, they're just not getting it. At this well, point, they're not you, getting you, it you from know, the coach I, either. I, I agree with that. At this point, though, would you just go for it just to go for it because you're just trying to ignite something? Because you know your season's done. So now you're just trying to do anything to figure out if you've got somebody that's going to go make a play, somebody to go to, some, in those particular crunch situations, who you can depend on? I, and, again, I no, don't agree got, with you, it. I, I, I agree with you, but I'm saying that's kind of what I think his mentality is right now. You've got eight minutes. Go for the points. You're probably going to get the ball again. And, in fact, they did and repeated yeah. the same stupid stuff. No points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I, I 100%. But when you say, what is he thinking? I'm thinking he's thinking, I, what do I got to lose, you know, at this point? I mean, it looks awful. It's just terrible. I mean, put it this way. Well, at that point in time, at that point in the game, I, it, it's, we all know it's fourth and five, and we understand it. But do we not look at the rest of this game and go, holy crap, was that ugly? I mean, in every particular scenario, why are you running out? Why are you not using Aaron Jones more? Why is the offensive line so poor? Why did it take you so long to believe that Rasheed Walker wasn't the answer at left tackle? I mean, we can go through that whole laundry list of things like why, why, why? Why is it, why is it so bad? Right? I, I think we all need to drink a little with, bit more. We're stuck, with a, we're stuck with a marginal coach for the rest of this year at least. I think a lot of that – I appreciate the phone call. I, would, I think a lot of this has – and we talked about this at the beginning of the season, working with young guys and second-year guys, even though everybody wants to say this team is so young, and technically, as far as the age goes, they are. 
They're unskilled at the skill position of wide receiver uh, right now. They just don't have it. Their offensive line, who knew that they would miss David Bakhtiari this dramatically bad, that this offensive line, which was one of their staunch cornerstones, stones of granite, if you will, going back to use a Lombardi phrase, a block of granite to build to build upon would be this bad. That up front it would be a a myriad of mistakes. That you would have a bunch of receivers who just don't have the wherewithal. And the coach that's coaching them is being exposed. I, I think one thing Matt LaFleur should stop doing, I get it that he wants to be energetic, and I get it that he wants the crowd to get loud, but I don't think he should be waving his arms on the on the sideline anymore. I think you let your guys do that. Um, <laughs> because... If you've watched Twitter or the responses of a lot of people, now there's just there's a lot of negative people out there anyway. But you know when people are out there rating how well he waves his arms versus be actually coaches a football team, and they're ripping him for that now too. I I I think I just concentrate on watching your team and not worrying about trying to incite your your fans who at this point in time want to see you run out of town, uh, trying to incite your fans to get loud at Lambeau Field. I might want to throw that in there. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go to Dave listening to us here in Milwaukee. Dave, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good. Today. I've been what a Packer. Good. I, I've been a Packer fan since Lombardi took over. And if he was coaching that team as you saw yesterday, there was no way that they would have played like that ever. They would have won that game. There's no question about it. I think Lafleur walked into a good situation when he became coach of the Packers because Rodgers was there. And I think he relied on Rodgers a lot more than people think. And I think he, he, miss, he misses him a lot. And I think Rodgers was, a, you know, a draw the third drink, of course. And he had more to say to that team than I, I think LaFleur does. And right now he, lo- he has lost his team, basically. And that's the end of it. They're done. He's lost the team. They don't care when they're making mistakes that are really ridiculous. And I don't think they, they – he doesn't have the authority to – do anything about it, I guess. He just yeah. doesn't. Uh, but that's a great, appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for giving me a call because you said something that I have been talking about quite a bit when people ask me if Matt LaFleur would lose his job. And I said all the time that if he loses the team, then yeah, you have to. Do you think Matt LaFleur has lost his team? That's a, that, that's a, cause that's a heavy ass statement, man. Losing the team. I mean, teams can look bad, play bad, have bad body language. But when you talk about guys inside that locker room, kind of just now, you're just out playing for yourself. You're just out trying to do your thing right to do your job, to maybe garner yourself either uh, a contract as a free agent, uh, a second contract, um, you know, coming up out of your rookie deal, or if you're going to be heading on to another team, you just want to play well enough to put something on tape to say, see, I still got it. That's when you stop listening to the coach because you're just rolling your eyes going, you know, whatever, you know, because guys are still making the same mistakes. The accountability level isn't there. They don't believe in what you're saying. They don't believe in what you're calling. They don't believe in your methodology to get from point A to point B. They don't believe in your 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 ability to correct problems Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because really you win games Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And if you're not winning during the week, then you're not winning on Sunday. 
Do you think that Matt LaFleur has lost the team? He obviously does. He obviously does. That's that's a heavy statement, man. That's a heavy statement. Let's do this. We're going to st- step away and come back, but I want to pick up where he left off. Also, we got Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette coming up here shortly. Stay tuned for that. They're getting close, really close. Steel Tank Brewing on Roebuck Lane in Oconomowoc getting ready to open up the music venue. They are just right right there, ready to, ready to open that thing. But they don't forget, Tuesday through Sunday, they're open for lunch. They have great food, great salads, great – the Italian bomber sandwich is fantastic. Uh, my God, their burgers and a lot of the gourmet stuff that they do. Nobody would expect that from a local microbrew. Nobody would expect this kind of food. They're, it's fantastic. Steel Tank Brewing, Roebuck Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67, and the music venue is just getting ready to open. Stay tuned for the announcement for that as well. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Serve restricted supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 1031 you got to hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Put it in the pocket. It's indoor season. I know it's going to get a little bit warmer this weekend, uh, back into the 50s, which is kind of our normal for this time of year. Low 50s, but uh, we know indoor seasons are coming. And if you're going to do a, maybe the family's coming over for Thanksgiving, maybe you're going to do a Christmas party, maybe you're having the family at your house for Christmas, uh, the kids are going to be home, all that kind of stuff. Uh, whatever you're looking for, whether it's a home, uh, a home bar, bar stools, dart boards, darts, they've got it. By the way, uh, they have a huge selection of bar stools over at um, Master Z's on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. I was just over there. They've got a lot of family fun games. They have fire pits, both wood and gas fired. So if you want to sit outside and, you know, do a little hot cider, you can do that. They still have grills and accessories, uh, but they've got pool tables. They have the largest selections of, a selection of pool tables in the state. Huge, huge selection. Shuffleboard, table games, and all the accessories. All you got to do is get a hold of them for all the in-store specials right now. 262-746-5931. That's Master Z's on Blue Mound Road in Brookfield. Master's Ease on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. But people come from everywhere to check out the inventory and see what it is they have. And as they say, you can see it today and have it tomorrow. 262-746-5931. 262-746-5931. Whether it's a custom order or it's something that they have sitting right there that they can get you today or tomorrow, that's Master's Ease on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. And uh, tell them we sent you. Rob and his staff, good people. Good people. Um, 
I'll tell you, I'll say this before we get to uh, Eric Baranchek coming up at the bottom of the hour. What a day in the National Football League yesterday. Now, last night pretty much played out the way we thought it would. I f- figured the Chargers would finally get a win, and they go to 3-4 and four in the season. But how about Cincinnati? It, what, what's, what's bigger? Cincinnati going into San Francisco and getting a win and Joe Burrow being damn near perfect or the Broncos beating the Kansas City Chiefs and holding Kansas City to just nine points. That was that was that was impressive. Dare I say that the Packers loss to Denver doesn't look so bad? Or is that we should not be thinking that way? Is no, that it doesn't look terrible, but I mean still, you know, Denver's not a good football team. I think two things. One, Kansas City just played a bad game. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt. Well, Mahomes had the flu. They came out and said that right, right too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he had the flu, and he's going to feel better, and they'll play better and and all that. So, yeah, I, I completely uh, – uh, that was just – you know, because I know there's all this talk in Kansas City about, was that a, a tale of what's to come? I just think it was a clunker, to be honest with you. I just think it was. How about Washington had a lead for the majority of this game, and the Eagles came back and won. Eagles now sitting at 7-1 in the NFC. And the 49ers have now lost three straight. Were the 49ers in some way, shape, or form in Cleveland exposed? Brock Purdy threw his first interception, took his first regular season loss. And now, I mean, he's throwing picks all over the place. And was Brock Purdy exposed in some way that somebody's finally figured him out? But uh, Cincinnati goes in and not only gets a win, but they won in convincing fashion. That defense played outstanding yesterday. And then the Ravens, they get a win. They're 6-2. and two. Who's, who's more to fear? The Ravens in the AFC, they get a 31-24 win over uh, Arizona or Cincinnati that has now come back and won three of their last four after kind of an ugly start to the season. You've also got to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't count them out. Don't look now, but very quietly, Jacksonville's 6-2 and two over on the AFC side. They went into to Pittsburgh, and I really thought Pittsburgh would step up and get after it, and they just didn't. Pittsburgh sitting at four and three, and the Jaguars get a twenty to ten win, and the Jaguars just keep stacking wins. They're now six and two. The Dolphins are by far one of the most dangerous teams out there. Uh, again, yesterday they ran wild, thirty-one seventeen, and they handed it to Bill Belichick and company. So that was a, a rather interesting game. Twenty-four eighteen, the Bills at home, they get a win, but it wasn't pretty, and they weren't able to put points up late in the ball game, even though they had the had the ball, I think, on two or three separate drives, couldn't really do much with it. And then you've also got the Panthers who get their first win of the season, Bryce Young does, as the Texans uh, only were able to put up 13, so it was 15-13 the final there. Tonight you've got to the Lions and the Raiders going at it in uh, the Motor City, so that's coming up. Dak Prescott's back on top, and the world believes in Dak Prescott all of a sudden again, 43-20, to they beat the Rams. And uh, the Saints went into, into Lucas Oil and uh, knocked off the Colts 38-27 yesterday. How about that Jets game last night? Or yesterday afternoon, I should say, in the rain. That was the Jets have now they're now four and three. I saw um, Mike Renner tweet this, and he's going to join us later. He's going to join us on Thursday. Um, he's been on the show before, but he tweeted earlier today that if you play the Jets, you just flip a coin. It doesn't matter if you're awesome. It doesn't matter if you stink. It doesn't matter where the game is. It's just a 50-50 coin flip, and I don't know why. I don't know why it makes sense, but that seems to be every Jets game against the, yeah. the good ones and the bad ones. Yeah. I, the Jets just defensively they played well and overtime field goal puts uh, puts them up thirteen to ten and they win that ball game. 
Seattle at home, they uh, they just escaped the Browns, by the way, 24-20. They get the win. And uh, that's kind of the way things shaped up yesterday in the National Football League. But just some – I'll tell you this, it didn't help me when it came to betting in our picks. I'll tell you that because I know there was some stinkers I had in there yesterday. That's what, that's a fact. So I think my percentage went way down. But just what a what a topsy-turvy day in the National Football League. And we're not done because you got another another one coming up tonight with uh, Devontae Adams and the Raiders on the road in Detroit. So there you have it. Uh, Let's do this. Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He's going to join us coming up next in the Bill Michael Show. Stay right where you're at. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. say thanks to our guy Craig Every and the gang at Every Plumbing and Heating reminding you that if you haven't done it already big freeze coming take the hoses off the hose bibs of your house and drain them out drain out the bibs you don't want water freezing and then ultimately having some problems indoors in your home so that's our uh, that's kind of the tip of the day if you will from our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating out there in uh, on Alaska and serving La Crosse and Trempolo, Monroe, Vernon Counties, Jackson County uh, and third generation, by the way, but also if you need, uh, say, your furnace inspected, boiler inspected, if you're thinking about adding some heat, whether it's through your floors, whether it's bathrooms, uh, even in your garage, kitchens, whatever, they can help you out there. That's every plumbing and heating uh, serving the lacrosse uh, area and surrounding area. So give them a shout, 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803. Joining us now, we've got our buddy Eric Baranchek on the Green Bay of the Green Bay Press Gazette joining us, uh, Eric. Uh, this was uh, to say it's ugly right now. I think might be a little bit of an understatement, but uh, give me your thoughts on uh, what you witnessed yesterday. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Um, what did we witness? Well, I would say putrid on offense, at least. Um, certainly, there's there's a lot of blame to go around, you know. And I think if and if you probably caught some of the Twitter conversations I had or X, whatever it is now. Um, everybody wants to blame Jordan Love, and there's more than enough blame to go around mm-hmm. in the, on the right. offensive side of the football. But I, I'm with you. It's it's there's and, and I listened to you earlier this morning, so I kind of I kind of understand where you're at, and and I'm probably right there too. Is that at some point, at some point, you got to put the foot down and say, you know, enough's enough. You know, we got to block. And that's where it starts. We got to catch passes because it's getting to the quarterback. And I think you probably saw it. I know I did. This is the first game where he looked like he was second guessing and he was, he was passing the ball and not throwing it. And, you know, there are several times, you know, where it was like, why are you floating that ball? Because it's kind of like a pitcher. You want to throw strikes rather than just throw it kind of what's going on and it's the first game where I felt he wasn't confident and he was second guessing himself and there's a lot of reasons why but unfortunately someone's got to whisper in his ear and say yo you got to throw the ball the receivers drop it it's on them you got to throw the ball and you know Aaron Rodgers was did a little bit of that too and people forget where he wouldn't throw the ball he'll hold on to the ball a little bit not so much second guessing as he was that he he second guessed the receiver not himself 
But I think all of the the, the, the losses and all of the pressure right now are, are getting to, to Jordan Love, and um, he's got to get back to basics, and I think they need to, to go back to basics on offense as well. Uh, I saw yesterday, and, and maybe that's part of what I witnessed because uh, people said, well, he did have some bad throws, but he had some good throws and receivers didn't get it, and I, I understand it. There were also, it's what he didn't do yesterday. There were times where he didn't throw to a wide-open receiver. He, you could see it. And you could see him look in that direction, but it was like the synapse between the brain and the arm. By the time he saw it, the hole had started to close. And so he pulled the, pulled back on it and then ended up going in a different direction. Because there was one where he had Christian Watson wide open, another one, I think it was either Jaden Reed or Romeo Dubs, wide open. I mean, Mike Clemens came over to me and said, did you see that? How wide open they were? And he's not throwing them the ball. So some of it is on the receiver. Some of it's on love. Maybe he's second-guessing himself. I understand all of that. But I, I right now – I. Again, I think if I'm Matt LaFleur, I throw a dart at a dartboard and say, what do I want to work on today and just try to make this better? You know what I mean? But what are they good at? Two-minute offense. That's it. Right? So there we go. That's where you start. So first series next week, they should start off, a.k.a. 1990s Buffalo Bills, and just do it. And let them, let them get into a groove. Let them feel good. Let them get some confidence. And then – go back to some more conventional type huddles and getting into the, getting in things moving. But right now, I think you've got to do, you got to, you got to find something to hang your head on. And what you they can hang your head on four minute offense, just do it. And, and who knows, maybe they're going to come out of this because there was a reason why the Buffalo bills did it back then. There's a reason why college teams do it. You got to do it. And I know it's hard. Okay. I'm an NFL coach. I don't want to stoop to that level. But it isn't about that. It's about your quarterback and developing him and making him confident so that he can make those reads and feel confident throwing it. Because right now he's not. You know, he's he's underthrowing, he's overthrowing. You got to get him out of the thinking because he makes some excellent throws. That one pass where he was falling down, he's got a D end around his ankles. He's falling down and throws it across his body for a strike to Wicks for a first down. That's a great pass. He had a couple other passes that were really great. Um, in the end zone that just got dropped, dropped by receivers in the middle of the field. One that gets picked off because the receivers hanging on to a, like a loaf of bread, you know? So the reality is this, start him fast, get going and make, get him confident, get him feeling good. And then go to some of the more Eagle uh, satisfying stuff and running under center and, and, and having huddles. But that's the only thing that's doing good. Hang your hat on it and ride it. So with the young receivers, I mean, I know that Matt LaFleur doesn't want to talk about youth anymore. Nobody does. What do you see that if you're going to say I'm the, the receiver's coach, what am I working on today? What is the first thing I'm doing? First thing I'm working on is body position. When you're going up for a ball, you have to be in front of the D-back. And if you're not in front of the D-back, you have to be higher than him. You have to catch the ball at, the, at, at its peak. So there's one play that everybody remember at the end of the fourth quarter that went into the end zone to Christian Watson. He, didn't, he went up for it, he caught it on, his, on the way down, and he was in bad body position. He has to understand, he's gotta, when he's going to turn for that ball, he's got to get in front. He's got to fight his way in front instead of let the D-back fight him. That's, that would be the number one. And the number two thing is going to be um, making space, creating space. So if I'm running a scene and I happen to be covered, that I want to try leaning my body into the numbers and, and bringing that D back with me and even forcing him physically 
So when the ball comes floating out there towards the sideline, I got enough room to operate and go get the football, and it isn't going to be a, a jump ball. Those are the little things that good veteran wide receivers do that these guys just aren't. And they're so worried about trying to run the route when the ball gets there. They're worrying about all this other stuff. They can't even focus on catching the ball. So, so they need to just work on those little things, and the big things will take care of themselves. I uh, still, I talked to a little bit earlier to Ryan Wood about this, and he says, you know, he understands that when he talked to Aaron Jones, he's not 100% yet, and he hopes to be this week. But why in the world are you running A.J. Dillon out there more or the same amount of time that you're running Aaron Jones? I, oh, I don't, why I don't did understand you have it. to ask me that? Do you, want to, do you want to punt and ask me a different question? Because this could get bad. Go ahead. I'd Here's rather get problem. bad and honest. If you got a goddamn football helmet on, and you are on the sideline, you better play football. Don't give me any of this stuff where we're going to feather him in. Or we're, we're, really gonna, we're going to put him on a pitch count. Then get him on IR. He doesn't belong out there. Put someone in there that does. And he's your best player. Give him the stinking ball. Your guy that's going to try and hammer it, Mr. Door County, fine. You can do that. But you can't do it so predictably that everybody who is sitting out in the park at Pamperin Park having a cookout knows it's coming. Can't do that. You got to be able to if he in in short yardage situations you got to put a fullback in front of him, put the quarterback under center, stop the stupid. I, I'm sorry, stop the stupid shotgun right. and take a little step. That just doesn't get a kid it done. That's not the type of running back he is. He is a downhill, I formation, seven yard deep running back. If you're going to do it at fourth and one, put him at seven yards, put a fullback in front of him, and just pound it. Instead, they do this other goofy stuff, and it's sickening when it comes to Aaron Jones if he's not 100% then he needs to be in the tub because if he's 100% he needs to be on the field 50 to 60 plays a game spell him when he needs a good play but that's the only thing you got going on on offense and you better feed him sorry I I completely agree <laughs> I, this, I, that's, you know what I respected Mike McCarthy who said look if the guy's suited up we're going to use him he's a football player I, I you know whether, whether he's a little bit beat up or not if you're going to be otherwise put him on the IR if he's not ready to go until, you know, week five, week six, week seven, whatever, then then okay. But it, it, just this, it, he can get hurt on any play. For sure. So why not just I use mean, the guy? I, and I don't understand that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Completely understand. Yep. Give him the ball. Yep. I'm sure 100%. he wants it. Uh, absolutely. I, I just, that I never, I don't get. I think it's garbage. Okay, let me ask you this. So, when uh, the defense, uh, which we have not heard a lot about, only for the offense, uh, offensive woes have really kind of taken over the headlines and the angst and the ire of many, give me your thoughts on the defense and how they've either progressed, gotten better, gotten worse, stayed the same. Because I, as much as I want to say the defense is not to blame, and they're really not. They just, you know, they're out there. Put it this way. When you've played over a half of football more than the offense to this point because the time of possession is so in favor of the defense being on the field because the offense just keeps going three and out. So I understand it. They played a lot more football. But when we all we talked about was this defense needed to be top 10, the amount of talent they had, what's been drafted, what's been accumulated, how good they're going to be. Do you see this defense getting better? Well, the D-line in particular is getting to be much better. Um, they struggled early on. Some of it was youth. Uh, they didn't have a whole lot of depth there, but I think the depth is developing. Um, I really like Slayton. I really like how, how much uh, – Devontae Wyatt has progressed. You pair them up with Kenny Clark, and you get a pretty good down. Your guys with the hands in the dirt are pretty good. And then you bring in uh, Wooden and Brooks. Those guys get after the ball. They get out. Not only do they get after the receiver, but they are aggressive up front. 
Um, you love to see a young guy when he makes contact with the offensive lineman and the offensive lineman's helmet gets driven, it goes, gets pushed back. That's good stuff. You really like what's, I really like what's happening up there. A um, little bit disappointed with uh, the secondary's play, but some of that is you got to look who's on the field um, and they don't play very aggressive, you know? So there is the, the touchdown pass to Hawkinson back there. You know what? Alexander got a little bit lazy. He did not sink back into the zone that he probably should have been in because they only had one receiver to that side. He didn't sink back far enough. And so Owens got stuck in, in no man's land and had to take the receiver that was that was breaking to the corner. That should have been Jair's spot. And Owens should have been playing center field and maybe had help, help with the Hawkinson thing. So those things are happening that have to get cleaned up and, and there's, but there's no way to do it because I think there's the way that they play defense is not congruent to how the skill set of some of the players are. I mean, Jerry Alexander is a, is a lockdown man-to-man corner and they got him trying to play, play cloud zone. Um, you know, Razul, that's, so that's a problem. You got Razul who's Douglas, who is a better um, zone cornerback than he is man-to-man. And you got a guy over there that's man-to-man and, and not very good at zone or not patient enough. You know, so those are some of the things that they have. And, and quite frankly, their safeties are, are uh, you know, that's a little bit suspect there. So they're not very strong up the gut. Um, really like to see Quay Walker drive to the ball fast enough. Or, you know, he's just not downhill. Anything else? I almost I lost my breath there. No, no, that's okay. Real quick before <laughs> I let you go, um, we've talked a little bit about Jair. And Jair one week looks like a world beater. The next week has not looked very good. Give me your thoughts on his play in the secondary. Soft. Um, and I think some of it is – even if you're a really good player, you still got to practice. You know, I mean, even you got to practice, especially at a, at a high skill level like that, where you're playing, you know, cornerback, where everything is all about reaction time and, and thought process. You have to be able to, uh, uh, to practice a little bit. So I think that's some of it. And then the back injuries really suck. Um, and he's probably doing the best he can, but I, I think the other part of it too, and let's just face it guys is you're on, you're on defense and your offense is just, not doing its job. It's sometimes it's a little bit difficult mentally and emotionally to be up. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think he, he's having a, a little bit off here. There's a lot of season left for him to turn it around right now. He seems to be a little healthier. And uh, I think we we can all expect him to play better. Always good to chat with you, my friend. I appreciate it. And uh, well, maybe next week we'll bring, I guess uh, a little bit, better i don't know whether i'm just dropping to my knees and saying prayers at this point or what but god knows it hasn't been that hey, good eric here's always, the deal. always good yeah we just want to see improvement i think anybody who right? thought that their packers were going to come out of this thing 16 and 1 or whatever it is but but it's rebuilding year we just want everyone just wants to see improvement so hopefully that happens no doubt good stuff buddy we'll talk to you soon okay, okay. be good there Thanks. you go eric baranchek green bay press gazette breaking down the packers film with us Pointing out a lot of different stuff on uh, on this Monday when it came to what we witnessed yesterday. Uh, don't forget, uh, we are about less than a half an hour away. Mike Clement's going to join us up in Green Bay as well. And uh, always always great a chance to, get, to get a chance to talk to Eric, but we'll talk with Mike uh, to kind of round out the bottom, or I, I should say the last hour of the program. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to this portion of the program. Brought to you by our good friends over there at Point Brewing. I finally, finally found, finally found the caramel apple, the Cider Boys caramel apple. Oh, my good. I passed it out this weekend to a few friends on Saturday, and they all went, where has this been all my life? Right? I'm telling you, it's just spectacular. 
Point Brewing came up with it. They perfected it. They're better than anybody. You know what's disappointing? We actually went into a Total Wine. And Total Wine's like the massive warehouse for everything, right? And they had a very small selection of Point Brewing, which was stunning to me because it's it's a local, man. How do you not have a bigger selection? We went into Total Wine. Shame on them. And a couple others. Uh, Woodman's as well didn't have it. They had a very small selection of Point Brewing. And they're 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 right out of our own backyard, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Couldn't find it there, couldn't find it at Total Wine. Small little liquor store down in uh down in Waukesha that had it. Finally got it. Oh, it's so good. Good stuff. Thanks to our friends at Point Brewing for kind of hitting on the recipe that makes me go, Oh, I gotta have more of that. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Welcome back. Glad you're with us. Joe Michael's show on this Monday. And uh, don't forget, coming up here about uh, 15 minutes away, we're going to get our guy Mike Clemens on board with us. We'll talk with him. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends. Cunis, uh, just uh, the RV is back home. The uh, pickup truck is back home. And it was a great season with our friends from Cunis. And we want to say thanks to them for being a part of the program and supporting all that it is we do, the veterans that we support, Fisher House, Wisconsin. Thanks to them for being a part of the program. If you're looking for uh, an RV, an auto, a truck, whatever it happens to be, go to shop, S-H-O-P, shopcunis.com. That is shopcunis.com. Thanks to them for everything. Good, uh, good, good stuff. Um, they uh, they were the first to jump on board, and we, uh, we want to say thanks. So certainly appreciate it and all that they have done for us and for the veterans. So thank you so much. Uh, this is from Arthur. Arthur says, uh, to say that we are, quote, right there is ridiculous. Yeah, there's probably a couple of plays that could be made to help out Jordan Love or even Rasul Douglas, but this team is far from being right there. I think right there means right there to being last in the division. This team has not improved, and that's what the, that's what's the most disappointing about it. Is that more on coaching or on the players? I would say it's on the coaching. The players are only so good, but they need to get taught to play better and how to be better. Better technique, better position, better attitude, better mental state, better awareness. But this coaching staff just doesn't seem to have it. Oh, my God, as he says, OMG, did Aaron Rodgers cover up a lot of warts. There you go, Arthur. Thanks so much for the email. Appreciate it. 
Uh, coming up in the next hour, we've got our buddy Kevin uh, listening to us up in Mosny, by the way. After watching LaFleur beat to death the inside handoff to A.J. Dillon, does it make us appreciate the shovel pass that Mike Sherman un- unpredictably uh, beat to death during his tenure as well? <laughs> right? I go along with that. Uh, Tom says, I'd say we're a few mistakes away from being competitive, but far from being above average. I remain concerned about the lack of improvement for the uh, year two guys and the rookies. Question, how can the Vikings plug in a rookie wide receiver after wide receiver after wide receiver, and they still dominate? Are we drafting too many projects and lacking leadership to develop them? That's from T-Dub in Tulsa. Great question. You know, I had people tell me yesterday, well, you got to give Jordan Love a chance. And I said, what about Brock Purdy? He won nine straight games, didn't throw a pick until he did, and then he's thrown three straight games that haven't been good, but it hasn't necessarily been his fault either. What about Joe Burrow? He was a first-round draft choice. He came in and ignited that team in Cincinnati right away. Trevor Lawrence, his second year, after terrible coaching his first year. Trevor Lawrence has played well. What about C.J. Stroud? C.J. Stroud has played played well. Nobody thought that the Houston Texans and, and him would be that good, but they are. I mean, they're better than they're, – they're average, but they actually show a lot of promise with a lot of consideration for C.J. Stroud even being talked about at some realm, possibly getting into the rookie of the year running. Right? Another hour yet to go. Mike Clemens coming up in this hour. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.